0: You
1: know what happens when you get pregnant?
0: Lots of things, I guess. But what did you have in mind? People think it's okay to call you huge. Oh my God.
1: A podcast about being a woman today the good, the bad, the ugly, and the mad. This is Best Friends Talking. In this podcast, we are talking about pregnancy and diet. Our conversation should not be taken as medical advice. If you have any questions regarding being pregnant and your diet, please consult your GP. So imagine this scenario. You're walking down the street and you're seeing a stranger, a woman, and then you're you're passing her and you notice she has a bit of a belly like you know not a very flat belly maybe some some belly there and you go up to her and you start touching her belly and you're like "Ooh, quite getting quite big are we <laughs> yeah you think that people would think that you're a lunatic if
0: you do that right yes that is true but it is true and people they just sort of they reach out to your belly and touch your belly and hold the belly and I mean, yeah, it's there is some sort of strange um, boundaries that are crossed when you're pregnant. You're right. You suddenly you are public property. And also the comments. People feel like
1: it's okay to say anything all of a sudden. You never would comment on a stranger's weight mm-hmm. or a size in normal circumstances. <laughs> it's completely outrageous thing to do. You don't ever say to a woman, oh, wow, getting big. <laughs> That's so rude. Yeah, right? Inappropriate, indeed, yeah. Yeah, and if you're she's pregnant, then it suddenly is okay. It's like, and I and I there's one thing that I think is good about it is that people assume you're doing something wonderful, you're creating a baby, so there's nothing to be ashamed of that you're getting bigger. But which is nice that people acknowledge that mm-hmm. and take that for granted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But still, as a woman, you never want to hear the words "you are so big" or "you are huge" or "getting bigger." I know. I know. It's never something you want to hear. No, that's
0: never something you want to hear, I guess. But it's, yeah, it's it's strange how that goes. How it's like, But I guess, you know, like you say, people have this intention where they speak from more like, oh, you're getting huge. That's very positive because that means that you're really nurturing the child and, you know, you're being a good pregnant woman, like gaining weight. And then they could say stuff like, God, your ass is huge. Yeah, it's not fine. It's weird how that boundary is just crossed. It's like talking about your body. Well,
1: I think when it comes to, Pregnancy and also people with babies, when people suddenly feel like they have the right to say and comment on anything. Like, I remember one time I was standing on the subway station waiting for the train with my little kid, and he was like probably around one year or something at that time. And I, I had given him this bar that's made for little babies. It's like uh, made of carrots and different grains, I think. And it kind of looks like a chocolate because it got that shape, but it's healthy because it's made for babies basically it's like an energy bar but for babies Mm -hmm. he was eating that and then this older woman she was probably like 70 Mm -hmm. came up to me and said i think he's too young to eat chocolate (laughs) 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 what did you say then i said it's not chocolate it's a carrot
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god do you get angry a lot when you're around and about in london Does it trigger your annoyment?
1: Not really. I mean, I don't, I tend to not go to, for example, Oxford Street or Piccadilly Circus a lot. I don't go to the places where it's most crowded, because especially not with kids, because there's no point. People here are so helpful. So, no, not really. Mm.
0: Yeah, people there are helpful, unlike in Norway, people are not so helpful here.
1: No no it's different this definitely different. I think here they are more they're not so scared of talking to strangers and interacting with strangers yeah. Norwegians are shy
0: Yeah well they're not shy they're reserved and I it's like it's going to take a lot to get people to actually um interact with you I can remember this also from from uh, Holland and from Amsterdam in particular when we lived there with with small children that you know if you go on the tram or if you or the bus or anywhere you know like people are very fast to offer uh, to help you to like also in the airplane, it's really funny when I fly from <laughs> Buda to Amsterdam or the other way around. When I'm on the airplane uh, from Amsterdam or to Amsterdam, there's more Dutch people there. So if I have a, a suitcase, a carry on, I don't really need to ask for help. There's always guys somewhere around me that will be offering, like, should I help you lift up your suitcase? And then on <laughs> the way from <laughs> from buddha to oslo or oslo to buddha that doesn't really happen you know i like that that's kind of funny but i think that's a social thing you know that also kind of comes as a a consequence of this um, equality between genders you know like I i really believe that that's why you have this difference in i mean the more south you go you will have guys being much more like gentlemen opening the door for you and such and such in norway that doesn't really happen but on the other hand it's as if we have this underlying expectations that you know as women we can fix everything ourselves you know we can open our own door (laughs) don't open the door for me man (laughs) don't lift stuff for me but then on the other hand sometimes that's really nice isn't it
1: yes i mean i've never been like that so i don't understand it i think it's nice when people open doors and lift stuff for me so i welcome it (laughs) maybe that's why i married someone who's not from norway
0: maybe that is
1: but i think sometimes women expect too much because they want 100% 100% equality, but they also want someone who opens the door. But I think some some women do want a little bit too much, baby, from the room.
0: <laughs> I'm hoping, you know, that guys are able to hold those, both those ideas at the same time, like both being able to treat you as an equal and also open the door.
1: Things always comes with pros and cons. You can't have everything in one person. Yeah, that's true. If you have someone very exciting, they're going to be more unreliable. Unre- mm if you have someone very boring they can be very reliable
0: (laughs) yeah predictable
1: you know pros and cons you have to choose
0: i like your uh, hypothesis it's very uh, clear
1: remember some weird things that happened to you when you were pregnant that you found annoying that if people were touching you or telling you what to do
0: oh god yeah I was like (laughs) for example I mean I had a lot of cravings for sweet stuff when I was pregnant with the first one so like literally because I'm not so into like milk chocolate or stuff like that but then when I was pregnant with him I wanted only milk chocolate like and like a chocolate milkshake Ice cream. I don't like ice cream even now. Like, so uh, I'm just gonna say in advance, no offense to whoever this was concerned. So I was working as a psychologist in a eating disorder unit, and so around the lunch tables for everyone working there, that was always very interesting because for some reason that just kind of made some sort of strange tension around the food for everyone, Uh, uh, since there was so much focus on food for the patients as well. You know, so everyone's like, oh, what kind of food do you bring for lunch and you know like did you make it from scratch and is it vegan and isn't this or that anyway so um I was very much pregnant and I was like I'm just gonna eat <laughs> ice cream for lunch I wanted soda I want have chocolate I don't care I just you know I just ate whatever and arguably you know not every day but I was definitely eating a lot more sweets than I you know I don't really do that and then one of the people I worked with was like I think, you know, everyone else had left the lunchroom and there was just a few left. And then this person was like trying to be very, you know, discreet and, and, you know, concerning. Like So so this person asked me, like, do you do you not care about what you eat? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) This was also it was a guy. So I was like, you can't say nothing. (laughs) You better just get your ass out of here get (laughs) out
1: yeah it's so annoying with all the things you can't eat during pregnancy because like in the beginning I think your body helps you I didn't want anything in the beginning I just wanted bland stuff like I wanted bread or spaghetti with nothing so I in the beginning I I didn't I never would have wanted alcohol or coffee or anything anything spicy Mm -hmm. but as The uh, pregnancy progresses. I get more and more normal in that sense that I now I could easily have like wine or Indian food Mm -hmm. or anything. I I really want to eat, for example, salami or soft Mm -hmm. cheese. I I would like to eat all those things now, and I don't know why that is. Yeah, maybe it's more important in the beginning. I think it's even more fragile in the beginning, the, the baby. So the body helps you probably to like in the old days they didn't know these things, so they just had to go with their instinct and.
0: It's interesting what you say because in the beginning of the pregnancy, most of the time you have very clear, you know, preferences. Like you don't want coffee, you don't want alcohol, you don't want certain things or you do want certain other things, you know. So if you're able to tap into that, you know, you, you could actually feel in most cases, I think, what you want and what you don't want. But
1: um, Yeah, I don't know why you want chocolate so much because it's not good for you. So I don't know, do I want just it?
0: wanted that. But I mean, this with the second pregnancy, I didn't have that at all not at all
1: since you were pregnant because
0: these things change all the time is it
1: the same now as it was like safe to eat like did you for example eat I know I can't eat cured meat I can't eat salami I can't obviously drink alcohol can't drink too much coffee and I'm not eating sushi
0: but also you shouldn't eat too much salmon especially from Norway and I mean, most things that are like could could hold too many toxins. That also goes for some fruits and vegetables,
1: beetroot and um, yeah, celery. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. So you can't really uh, eat Norwegian salmon because it holds too many toxins and antibiotics and plus plus other. Shit, I don't know all the stuff they put in them, but uh, that that had been on and off since I had my children because uh, in the beginning that was fine. You could eat the salmon. Uh, later on, they came with the advice from this um, health department or directorate or whatever it's called um, that uh, they do not recommend it neither for pregnant women nor for small children. Yeah, so they adjusted the amounts of how much salmon they recommend uh, pregnant women and uh, small children uh, under the age of five, I think, for, to eat. They had, and I do remember that because that happened just in the period. That's sort of when I had my children or when they were growing up you know when they were smaller uh so we would eat a lot of fish and salmon so I was like shit that sucks but on the other hand yeah what can you do about it but that's that's definitely something that um has changed
1: yeah that's a shame mm. and
0: Norwegian salmon I mean I don't know if you remember I mean your father was always out fishing for like real fish <laughs> but um I can remember, you know, when we grew up, when we had like, we we would have like salmon for Christmas meals, like some sort of very like festive meal. And that was like a big thing. And then the the codfish was like the normal fish. But now it's like the opposite because the salmon is like, you can get very cheap salmon, you know, from Norway, everywhere, whenever. And some of it, you know, when you open the the packages, you know, they don't smell good. It doesn't smell good. It smells like fish oil, you know, that's not a good sign, I think.
1: What are typical Norwegian, what's typical Norwegian? And I made a list of what I think are the 10, top 10 typical Norwegian things.
0: I want to hear it. Bring it on.
1: So number one is hiking and being outdoors. Oh, yeah. Because I think that's the most Norwegian thing. We are so outdoorsy in Norway. And no matter what kind of weather, we're out there. Hiking, we're always out there so we
0: have this motto or this saying there's no bad weather only bad weather." no <laughs> only bad clothing <laughs> that's the thing here but the thing is that if we don't go out in all sorts of weather we will be very little outside right that's true
1: you have to conquer the conquer the weather, the weather. and another thing that i think is so, Norwegian is matpakke. In Norway, we have this tradition that we bring a cold sandwich for lunch to work. And even if you have a nice job and you earn lots of money, you still
0: bring that cold <laughs> sandwich. It's very strange. So one thing is that, yeah, okay, you bring your, your own food. Um, but then, you know, in Norway, uh, in average, there's only a half an hour lunch break. Uh, And the work hours is also very different than from, you know, what's happening on the continent where, you know, most people live. Uh, In Norway, you will work from from 8 o'clock to 4, something like that. You have half hour uh, lunch break pretty early on in the day compared to rest of of Europe. So like around uh, 11, 11.30, something like that. So we're like, you know, efficient workers
1: that's true because uh, we don't work that long hours we have to be more efficient with the lunch it's also like uh, in, for example here people can go out to lunch and they can drink alcohol in Norway if you do that you get fired I think
0: kind of an outrageous thing to do however you know our uh, alcohol culture within Scandinavian countries are like it is a little bit like that you know either either it's like no you don't drink in the daytime and you just like behave but then when people do go out and and drink they tend to drink a lot
1: so I think that's a Norwegian thing where you save up <laughs> all the drinking to one day and then you drink everything yeah.
0: instead of being more elegant and sophisticated about it, have a glass of wine for dinner or lunch. yeah
1: it would be healthier to have one glass mm-hmm. each day and then have seven glasses yeah. on saturday
0: you know i've I've lived abroad for for many sort of different places in my life, lived in France for a year and and Holland obviously but What is very funny is that when we have been together with more Norwegians, together with, you know, the locals, is that um, you have a dinner and then you have some some wine. And then when you're done with dinner, and usually you will have, like, a cup of coffee and espresso or something, or you're kind of, you know, done with the meal, what will happen then is that the Norwegians will order more alcohol and more wine. (laughs) You see the face of the locals is always like, uh what's happening right now this is this is not right
1: <laughs> yeah i think it's because the norwegians are then out on a mission they're drinking but while the people from holland are probably just having a meal so they're having wine with it's like the same here you have wine with the meal and then you order coffee after the meal with a dessert you don't order w- more wine you order your coffee and then you're done <laughs> drinking but in norway if you start drinking it's like you never done you just keep on going until you pass out
0: yeah yeah, it's a, so yeah, Norwegian alcohol culture is not uh, awesome in that sense. I
1: think it's getting worse because I think what we are doing in Norway now is that we're trying to be more European about it and cool about it. And we're starting to go out more in the weekdays, especially mm-hmm. in Oslo. And we still don't give up on the binge drinking in the weekends. So what you end up with then is just a lot of <laughs> drinking.
0: Yeah, that's called alcoholism. You know, that's not good.
1: Uh, but still, I, it's not as bad as here in England. It's... It's worse here,
0: yeah, I think. So I'm just gonna be really a party pooper here. Like you know, I'm always for anyone who's wondering if they do drink too much. The the counting goes like this: if you, as a woman, drink more than ten units per week, that's in seven days, over a month or longer, then you might wanna start looking at your uh, alcohol intake pattern. And for men, it's somewhere between 10 and 15 units.
1: Yeah, that's quite, that's quite a lot. Yeah, yes. But still, that can happen if you're having like an active social
0: life. Absolutely. And of course, you know, you kind of also have to see it in relation to the phase of life you're at. I mean, if you're in your 20s and you're like going out every weekend with your friends and you're pinch drinking Friday and Saturday with drinking, uh, that's kind of a, a good point to start at just checking how many units do you drink per week? And then seek help, you know? seek help that's always good ask for help okay so what's more on your list typical Norwegian cabin life yeah Mm.
1: another interesting phenomenon we have where we go up in the mountains to a simple cabin and lead the simple cabin life although I mean although the simple cabins are now starting to really get more popular I have to say Norwegian's have gone a little bit crazy about the cabins like some of them are more like mansions
0: at this point it's not yeah i've you know we've had a lot of people from abroad visiting and uh, we bring them to um, the cabin Uh, and for them it's more like it's a big house in the forest they're like what this is not a cabin this is like a big ass (laughs) this is a house yeah but that's
1: so typical, your
0: your family, because all your
1: properties are just expanding and expanding. I'm sure, I mean, I spent a lot of time at your cabin when I was yeah. a child. But I'm sure if I go there now, I wouldn't that's recognize true. it because your father has probably he built did, so much. Indeed.
0: He built a sauna house and a guest house and an extra, <laughs> and an extra house. You're right, you won't recognize it. Father is very handy, handyman. So he builds stuff. Yeah, it's great. But, you know, that's maybe also a little bit another thing about Norwegians that we are a little bit, you know, I think that we are very spoiled, I have to say, because we have at least our generation, you know, with millennials. We are millennials, even though we are more senior ones. I mean, (laughs) but we we are, you know, we, we grew up with such... an an amount of resources around us financially and materialistic and uh, educational wise and you know anything and that's something you really notice when you travel is that we also our attitude towards things like you know we okay for example we say okay we have a cabin where other people will say like shit this is a big ass mansion you know this is like our perspective is a little bit skewed I think. On the other hand uh, one of my other points
1: on the list is modesty which i think is a very norwegian trait we are modest even though you're right we are probably spoiled now because we have we're lucky in norway we have money and things are easy and the kids get a lot of things probably way too many things but still norwegians are in general quite modest
0: absolutely we don't brag about things no that's not a good thing to do in our like cultural sort of dna that's like that's a not good thing to do you know do your job do your things you're humble you don't go around bragging about it
1: especially I think I mean it might have changed with the younger like the next generation mm-hmm. under us but I think for we're still being modest and then maybe it's changed it a little bit with a little bit younger than us but you know when the idol mm-hmm. generation came because they don't seem to be that modest like they go on tv no matter what they can sing like
0: <laughs> what generation did you say
1: I mean, it's not the next generation for us, because it's not our children, but it's maybe like five or 10 years younger than us. I think they're pumped up from their parents' unrealistic encouragement, like, yeah, you're doing great. Go ahead, you know, be Mm -hmm. a pop star. Maybe sometimes you can be a little bit more (laughs) down to earth and like, okay, maybe pop star is not for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but you're right. I mean, and that's what I don't watch it, but what is it called? It's like X on the Beach or Paradise Island or something like that.
1: Yeah, I never watch any of these, but uh, yeah, they're uh, so apparently very popular. I see it in the newspapers because they write yeah. about it every day, but I yeah. never so, watched. So them.
0: they don't have that layer of modesty, I believe. But on the
1: cause on the one hand, I appreciate it because it's so different from how we were brought up. And I think our parents were a little bit annoying in that sense that they were always really reminding us to be really yeah. modest and never to brag and never to think that, you know, and I think that's going to be mm-hmm. a little bit too much. You. Good to be a little. You have to believe in yourself and be a little bit crazy if you're going to accomplish Absolutely. something. But then now I think it's gone too far the other way. And they they send the children into the talent show with no talent whatsoever.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's going too far. Yeah, that's almost mm. mean. Yeah, but you're right, and then it's not a. It's more like an expression of the paradigm we're in. Like you know, where where does that line go? Like how how much are you going to believe in yourself and believing in in a sort of a castle? Creative, a, a castle of talent, or something that is not even there, you know. So that that doesn't go quite well. No.
1: I'll just sum up my three yes. last points. I have uh, four points. I have first, I have fredaks taco, yes, <laughs> which means, and I can explain what this means mm-hmm. very shortly. It means everyone has taco on Friday, and it also means for me a very typical Norwegian thing. Let's all do the same. Yes.
0: Thing. Oh yeah.
1: Let's not be different let's say
0: conformity is key
1: yes and another thing that i really appreciate i have to say this is probably the one thing i appreciate most about norway we're a trust-based society oh yeah we trust the politicians we trust the police yeah. more than anywhere else in the world i think almost
0: absolutely yeah
1: another positive thing i'm ending on positive notes here attractive and tall people
0: oh yes <laughs>
1: If you go abroad and for a longer period of time and then you come back to Norway, you're going to be like, wow, <laughs> people are looking good here.
0: Yeah, I was just saying, that's, that's that Viking gene again. I'm very into it. I totally agree with you there. Tall, strong blonde yes and the last point which also is very mm. nice freshness and clean oh, yes oh my god and even everything is so fresh and so clean so fresh and so clean I mean this morning I had a glass of water which I do every morning and I can't like stop being grateful this water is tastes so good and it's so cold and fresh and it's like yummy you don't get there anywhere else Norway we love you bye